Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience, a podcast confronting current events, politics, comedy, and calamity, all from the perspective of a trans titaness. She's a verbal black belt, skilled in the art of roasting, the hellmouth, doomsayer, CEO of the Amazon position. Here's your host, Cameron Ellen Terrell. Uh, welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience. My name is Cameron Ellen Jarrell. Uh, normally, we start with some funny quip or a joke. Um, but this has been a very hard week for all of us. And you kind of all know what I'm getting ready to say. There's been another mass shooting in an LGBTQIA safe space. And before we move on with this episode, I would like to just remember the victims of this. So before we get started, I'm going to ask the... Um, can you read off the names for us, please? Absolutely. The five people we lost at Club Q. It's Derek Rump, Daniel Aston, Kelly Loving, Ashley Paw, and Raymond Green Vance. Um, we've lost brothers and sisters in the community, um, and this on the cusp, like literally moments before Trans Day of Remembrance. So in remembrance of them, I would like to take a moment of silence. Thank you very much. Um, So light has been taken from this world, but it has not been extinguished forever. Uh, What we do with this moment what we do with this pain, what we do with our mourning will shape the futures of the families that we are trying to build. Um, with that being said, welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience. My name is Kamrayin Elin Maharet Jarrell, AKA Tranos, and I am Pure Vengeance. Um, the show is brought to you by the meeting of music and marijuana. Today's episode, of score will be brought to you by a band who has in the past been very problematic but this song was so poignant to me at this moment it is called get up again by the band flaw uh today's strain is brought to you by snoop d-o-double-g-o-g also known as uncle snoop i mean what better medicine to use in a time where you need to just cope today's episode (laughs) is called red flag like we were saying before, a, another hate crime, another mass shooting has befallen our community, has has taken people away from us, has put the question of safe spaces uh, up for debate and has reminded us all that there's constantly a target on our back. And what I want to talk about today is how it got there. With me today, as always, is uh, engineer, friend, producer, B. Introduce yourself if you'd like to go into further detail. Hey, y'all already know. It's B. I'm going to keep the the funny names limited uh, because that is just not the tone. But it's yeah. great to be here. It's really important that we have these conversations. I, I want to put an emphatic focus on uh, Club Q was more than just a nightclub. 
It was a community center. It was a place it steeped in the middle of a Republican, very like conservative space that was built to help queer, trans, LGBTQ youth uh, and, and the community keep in touch with each other, have an ability to build a community for each other, the ability to uh, seek out new family, the ability to feel uh, like you belong. That's what it was. It wasn't just some nightclub. It wasn't just music and dancing. It was a community center in the middle of one of the most progressively violent spaces I have ever read about or heard about. And I'm from New York. Mm. A lot of people were throwing up their thoughts and prayers on that day. Um, moments, literal like moments before Trans Day of Remembrance. I don't want to say his name. A 22-year-old shooter walked into Club Q and began to open fire. Uh, the the attack lasted for less than six minutes, but the impact of it will be felt for a lifetime. It will ripple throughout history. Another incident where we were seen as lambs to the slaughter. And I want to talk about, I want to talk about the mindset that gets you there. Why everyone's so surprised that this person like acted out what people have just been saying to them and force feeding them for years now years now mm -hmm. um first off let's talk about the politicians in that area b you are more of an ex expert on that area than i am can you name off like what 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 number one politician might be um i don't know verbally to blame for this kind of thing happening in that area so yeah the cameron's that's exactly right i'm from i say i'm from denver because people don't know but to get granular i'm from aurora which is the second or it's the third most populous uh, municipality in the state, but it's connected to Denver. So it's Denver and then Aurora, and then two hours south of here um, is Colorado Springs and El Paso County where this happens. It is so important to explain that although Colorado for like the past six or so presidential elections has been like a pretty firmly blue state, People think of us as a blue state. It is so rural out here with the mountains and like the huge vast plains that it is really just that there are enough people living where people live that that's what the votes look like. But in terms of physical space, like you already said, Club Q is like an island in this area. Yeah. And because it is so sparse, in many of these places. Colorado Springs, I think, has a it belongs in a different district, a congressional district, but it is part of the community that, it's like, a, honestly, it's like a huge sea. So Colorado's a rectangle. There's Denver and Aurora in like the middle eastern part of the state, and there's a huge red sea that wraps around the whole state, like a border. Right. Most of that area is our third congressional district, which, God damn it, is uh, still the district of Lauren Boebert. She is like the number one Colorado politician who is playing this same game as DeSantis and Abbott and Tucker Carlson and on and on. You know, this this whole industry of people who are wild performative, wild declarative, 
as part of their their campaign strategy. Yeah. Like there are pe- there are places in this country and some uh some of the largest most populous places like you know we're talking about Greg Abbott in Texas. These are places where Republicans get elected by saying maybe there's some kind of people you should put in wood chippers. I don't know. Americans know who they want to put in the wood chipper. This is a, an instance of right-wing po- politicians making humanity political. When you hear people like Lauren Boebert or Abbott, when you hear them talking and you ask them direct questions about things that are political things that you would want to hear, issues that you want to hear them talk about, they have no real answers. They reserve all their real like energy and vitriol to twisting conversations to make someone else a scapegoat. Make no mistake about it. The right wing has in the last like six years devised a plan to dehumanize several groups of people. And that's LGBTQ people, indigenous people, Mexicans, black people, trans people. And if you can shoot your shot and destroy all of them at once, uh, that's what they do. They put a target on our backs and they feed you this BS jargon and it becomes uh, buzzwords and it becomes uh, concept art and it becomes memes. But there's only so much of that that a weak mind can take in before it goes to take action towards mm-hmm. what it's being fed. If you say that drag queens are groomers enough times, some idiot will believe it. If you say that trans children are being given surgeries and drugs against their will, some asshole will believe it. And everyone's acting super surprised about this Club Q shooter. They're wondering why, like, oh, well, why would this be considered a hate crime? Well, well it would be considered a hate crime because he targeted the only area where he knew those kind of people would be. And I do want to like really be so clear about this. There's only a couple things you know about this person. One, that he should not have had access to guns. Right. Two, everything that we can all agree that he's ever said is like homophobic shit. Like, you know, this is a person whose Instagram has one picture of a burning pride flag, for example. Right. This is like so abstract already but it's really important to talk about when we are talking about like a clear and present danger mm-hmm. of like ongoing repeated loudly encouraged lynchings right right that if you are someone who is willing to exist in a, in a material universe where things happen and stuff exists then it's so obvious to you that somebody who in the past has been homophobic and then went to the gay club in Southern Colorado and killed five people. Right. That is one plus one. Right. But there's a lot of obfuscation going on and this is intentional. This has always been how it is, is when you're talking about when politicians and public figures as prominent as Elon Musk, even. These are people who are saying things that aren't as diffuse as I think people want them to be. I'm reminded of, uh, in racial contexts, when people are doing racism, when people are openly racist, there are people who will go to the mat for them up until they, like, don a Klan hood. Right. And it is so important for a lot of these people to think of hate crimes as 
something that somebody does because of the hate in their heart, right? It can't be an ideological choice that they make. And it can't be something that another person said to do. And they went, that sounds like a good idea. It has to be like the devil did it. Otherwise, then you can just be like, oh, yeah, that was a hate crime and that's bad. And these are the people who are responsible. Right. Like, and, and if, if we can, like, drill down and, like, talk about details and really, like, try to solve problems, that doesn't work for people in power and the people who want power to continue to be structured the way it is. Yeah, I want to remind everybody that there's, there's been an analysis, and this is coming from, like, CNN underscored, uh, mass shootings have increased since the assault rifle ban was lifted. That is a fact. The FBI has done some research, and ever since that 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 ban was expired in 2004, the the uptick in mass shootings has been astronomical. So you mix that together with far right propaganda being spewed on every social media outlet you can get it to, Infowars, all those weird things. These people are consuming this over and over and over again because they're hearing these things in an echo chamber because they hear what they want to hear. And if you think that's not conditioning the mind, as much as people get up in arms about shooters and video games, why don't they talk about like Fox News pundits dehumanizing people? Right. How many times have you heard Tucker Carlson speak of LGBTQ people like almost like they weren't humans, like in in open air? How many times have you heard uh, comedians uh, uh, in the last year completely use trans people as punchlines? And then when we're like, that's not cool. And they're like, why not? And then a shooting like this happens. All everybody else has is uh, thoughts and prayers. Laura Boebert didn't even wait 12 hours to get on the internet and throw up her thoughts and prayers after literally a whole four years of her dehumanizing LGBTQ people, her stating that we were predators, her telling people that drag queens were groomers, her saying well, that we shouldn't be allowed to marry or that our, our mere existence is criminal. And then to have someone do this and her come out of her fucking mouth with her thoughts and prayers afterwards. But you own a restaurant where people walk around with guns. This person could have been in your restaurant. Former, formerly owned a restaurant. That shit went under because she's stupid. Good, good. But this person could have been a frequent person there. They could have been a, a, a regular. Like, like to, to, to sit and regurgitate weird talking points based solely in fear mongering, because that's what it was. Right wing conservatives fear monger. They fear monger against brown people. They fear monger against queer people. And what it's caused in the last like 15 years is a straight up uptick in like literal white men deciding to just murder people because they've heard enough of these people being dehumanized. And now they're the enemy. Men who haven't been off the war, men who haven't like actually did anything in their communities, actually defended a single person. They're just predators. And when you listen to that and it conditions you to believe that it's us versus them and there's no there's no like propaganda leaning the other way. Because I know someone wants to say there's that there, there's that stuff going on both sides. I'm gonna tell you it is not as nearly as much genocidal shit coming from us as it is from the right. And so this is something that's really important to clear up too, right? Right. Is I can't speak to the politics of every every NQO uh, member, nor can I speak to the politics of like everyone who listens to this show, right? So if you're hearing this, maybe you don't agree. 
but I'm like, I'm far left, right? And that I'm like avowed, like it's hard. And this is part of the thing, right? Is when you're so when you're like a leftist, it is hard to use labels to describe situations because you want to describe shit as it is in the world that you inhabit. Whereas, just like picking a vibe is good enough for fascists. That's like a huge part of the fascist flavor is that they're just vibe based. So I do want to be so clear that when people try, like the closest comparison on the left is like eat the rich. Right. Right. That's like the closest like genocidal thing that's like widely held in leftist politics. And what's crazy about that is if you're a rich person and like the, the unwashed communist masses are banging down your door you can stop being rich at any time right you can instantly stop being rich if you just like you know disperse your shit it's Mm. it's like it's just the way that you are is the way that you're being treated right right and the way that you are like the actions that you take and the behaviors that you engage in habitually because that's what that's what you want to be doing but i can't stop being black. I can't stop being trans. So there is no comparison. There's no basis of comparison for, I think, X, Y, and Z should die because, like, and this is not something that I say too often, but, like, wishing death on someone for something that they did is different than wishing death on someone for being something, for being a way that, they right. immutably are. Right. Like uh, the the whole movement, the right wing movement, and was putting a target on our back was first you had to dehumanize us. So you had to make us seem perverse. The, the nerve of these shooters to be walking around in defense of children while walking into spaces and possibly killing children. Um, also, to be so up in arms against groomers, but not like say anything to like actual groomers, like actual like clergymen or uh, right wing um, uh, senators or any people like that who have been caught in the last year. Like, um, where's that energy for Matt Gates? I ain't seen nobody go after him. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's you're picking and choosing your outrage, and and you know that the faux outrage is enough. To, to dehumanize a group of people. And then you sit back after something happens and goes, Oh, our thoughts and prayers go out. This is very sad. This is, this is cause and effect. Like this is like years of y'all sending up red flags about us, but not having enough wherewithal to like, actually like, I don't know, uh, use the red flag laws in the state to stop this person from killing people. Well, cause it's all vibes again. Right? Like, the thing about that is Matt Gates, they like him. So the, the way he grooms is fine. And this he's is, allowed to traffic little girls and shit, traffic children and traffic teenagers. It is inconsistent and not founded in anything. So when they talk about us being groomers, it's literally nonsense. But they're like ringing the bells, right? They're hitting the notes that they're supposed to hit where there are people who are afraid that the queers are going to come and like turn your kid gay because what people who don't intend to live in the universe see when they're like, well, there's more trans people now than ever. So they must be doing it to us. 
when it's really just like people are comfortable being trans now. You know, like we're not like right. We're we're all like fifteen years apart in age, but both of us yeah. when we were kids, there weren't trans adults to talk about. Like when we were no. when we were children, there was one person who didn't do their assigned gender at birth, and he's the worst. RuPaul right. sucks. But that was the only kind of representation anybody had. Now, it's, it's know, not I'm that there's right. It's, I'm sorry to interrupt, but like I just wanted to agree with you. It's not that these trans people like. It's not like we have like some like matrix where we are building these people. Uh, no, it's just uh, we thought that it would be safer for us to exist in open air, so we came out. Not only that, too. It's just like the fact that kids know what a trans person is. Right. You know, it's the same. It's this is a very common analogy. But there's um, there's this graph of like the commonality, of the, the frequency of left-handedness in people. Yeah. And it's just like a little asymptotal graph where there was like a period of like 600 years in the West, basically, where people couldn't, weren't allowed to use their left hand for stuff. At right? all. That's where, that's where we get the word sinister. Like, de- like dex- de- dexterous and dexterity come from the Latin for right, and sinister comes from the Latin for left. Right. And that means the devil. <laughs> so in, like, the, the fucking 60s and 70s, when people stopped getting beat at school for writing left-handed, suddenly, like, there's, a, like, a bunch of left-handed people, and they just capped out because there's only a certain number of people who are left-handed. Even later than that, uh, my twin brother was left-handed. We're uh, identical twins, but my mom used to call us mirror twins because my brother is left-dominant and I'm right-dominant. But when we got to school, he was conditioned to write with his right hand. And we went to school and we started school in the the, the mid-80s. We started in 80, 84. We were like four years old, getting ready to be five, starting kindergarten. And like I remember them being like, no, put your hand down. No, mm-hmm. use the right mm-hmm. hand. No, use your right hand. And I'm like, well, what's the problem? <laughs> like, and now someone's like, well, all the all these left-handed people are coming out of nowhere. No, like we're just not beating people over their knuckles anymore. My dad has a story about how he would like get bad grades for penmanship because his letters leaned the wrong way. Right. That kind of stuff. And it's the same idea when it comes to like trans uh, existence. People for so long wanted to fight the the existence of us and make us myth or perversion, uh, queer people myth or perversion. But it all starts with imagine, imagine if you will, if you like, if you are a cis heterosexual person listening to this show, like good on you. Now, I want you to do this. I want you to close your eyes and imagine your existence being considered inappropriate. You can't, work with, you can't work with kids. Like you're somebody maybe who got like a whole ass teaching degree and then you found out something about yourself. And now you're afraid to work in the profession that you chose and trained for and love. Or you're not allowed to have kids of your own. Right. There's this, 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 you, there's this world outside that you are no longer appropriate in just because of your existence, not because of anything you did. Because someone has perceived you as trans or queer, a gay couple, a lesbian couple, and they just find your mere existence in a space inappropriate. 
that's the first step in dehumanizing a group of people. The first step in dehumanizing a group of people is to get another group of people to believe that that group of people is inappropriate. Somehow a danger to children, which has been the, the fucking calling card of the right wing this entire time. The whole, meanwhile, not safeguarding education, not safeguarding meals in schools, not safeguarding safety from guns and mass shootings in schools. Sorry, not can I grab onto that, that school lunches thing really quick? Yeah. Because yeah, that's some ahead. wild shit. Because this is a very bad country we live in. So yeah. I might be missing some details. But I think it was a legislator in Kansas, like, went way out of his way to block free lunches because there's no way built into the constitution of either the state or the nation that would allow them to starve trans children specifically. Right. So, like, all the kids can eat for free, except it's not okay for, like, kids to do that because there are children who need to be discriminated against. This part, I don't, I don't think that person succeeded, but... It's, so they tried. It's an example of like, you know, there's like a surface tension on it, right? right? Where it is still important to be using dog whistles and to pretend like you're actually worried about an issue and not like a demographic of people. But this person is like, well, these children should suffer. And that was too loud. But it's right. not much louder than the stuff mainstream right-wing pundits say like candace owens and like uh that matt walsh guy and all that other stuff candace like you owens, walk around, matt walsh ben shapiro yeah you walk around, the biggest among them right you walk around with the, the, like blowing these dog whistles and eventually dogs hear them and they respond they come crawling to the sound and then they attack and then afterwards you put your whistle in your pocket and you throw up thoughts and prayers like for the sake of the children is the thing that you're constantly doing but like i don't see any of them talking about these kids being starved about uh, little girls being trafficked about little boys being molested in churches um about clergymen uh constantly consistently being caught um white like republican right-leaning teachers consistently being caught over the last three years like um a teacher here in the rochester area just got sentenced to 63 years god damn because he was uh sexually um assaulting children for a whole 17 years a whole 17 oh, years it had to be it was, se look, that's why it's so high it had to be 17 years worth and it had to be like white adults that were like speaking out about it because it was predominantly in a neighborhood uh, in a suburb or like hamlet because it's in it's in hilton and hamlet which where the teacher is that is literally 99 percent white people and white older white men who were this person's uh pupil started talking about what was happening to them and all of a sudden there was this arrest for him and then an investigation and now he was sentenced to 63 years in prison but he was the principal he was showing up to work every day he was and then people want to co like they want to co-opt what he actually is and turn it into queer no he's a predator that has nothing to do 
with the LGBTQIA. He's a We've covered predator. this a lot on the show. Pedophiles actually, like, their sexuality is like abuse. Right. And, like, this is well trod. And, again, like, if you live in a, a world of things that you can know, then that's plain because it's, like, really, really nailed down. Yeah. Even though, you know, like, we're now circling back to, uh, like, 1950s film strips about, like, the Lavender Menace or whatever the fuck. Right. It is, we know why people are like this. And actually, I want to, this is, I'm, yesterday I fell into a rabbit hole because I am an Alice-ass bitch. <laughs> so I didn't engage personally with these uh, conservative people on the internet because I simply refuse to have the time. Right. But. There is a law uh, expert, a Harvard law expert um, named Alejandra Caraballo, who I was in her replies because she was, you know, like part of cyber law is like examining what free speech is and how it's mediated by algorithms and the people who run the shit, right? And Twitter is such a good place for her right now, but also it's a bad place for everybody. And she was like, so when people like Libs of TikTok post something and there's all this, this stuff about like, this is a queer person who works at a school. Right, right. Like we were just saying. They post a little video and they're like, Aren't, isn't this person ridiculous? They have blue hair and pronouns. And then people in the comments are like, oh, pedophiles are the worst. I wish I could kill every pedophile in the world. And they have all these, like, anti-pedophile memes that they only deploy when a queer person exists. Right. And you cannot tell them anything. Because if you're like, well, it is obvious to me that this is a proxy for something. Because it is not based in reality at all. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing what they're talking about. They're reacting... In a way that it is not, they're reacting to something outside of the text that we're sharing. Right. And then if someone's like, that's weird, then they're like, oh, so you love pedophiles. Right. It's, it's proxy. It is a proxy. They have made queer people and brown people proxies for years. And it's always like crime is, is what they, they use black people and, and, and brown people for crime. So we're the proxies for crime, thugs, um, uh, uh, undocumented. Those are proxy mm-hmm. words. And with queer people now, it's groomer. Groomer, pedo, all that shit. And you say that enough and you have it in a room full of people who don't know context or nuance. All of a sudden, they're like, yeah, like I heard a bunch of people say we should kill these kind of people. And then they go and do it. And then you send up your thoughts and prayers to Sky Daddy. Um which probably isn't on your side because going by his rules, he didn't make hatred. He he just didn't. And or like they, however you want to um interpret Sky Daddy, didn't make you to hate other people. That's one of your laws. But they kill in the name of God, they they kill in the name of the right, they kill in the name of of, of children, and then prayers and thoughts are sent up. None of the victims in that in that club space that day expected to walk into a place of safety and and then never leave it 
none of them did. And it's so scary now because you have to think about it. How long ago was Pulse? 10 years now, I think. It feels like yesterday to me. It feels like yesterday to me. And like you have to fill in the gaps in a 42 year existence of how many times murder has befallen my kind. And when I say my kind, I mean LGBTQIA and 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 trans women being the mothers of that entire community. Um sorry, forgive me. It's six years ago. I am thinking of a different shooting that happens right. in my neck of the woods. Exactly. See what I'm saying? Like it happens so frequently. And then we have the same conversations, but the conversation we're not having is, is when are we going to hold these people who create these proxies? When are we going to hold them accountable? When are is people like Lauren Boebert and Tucker Carlson and I'm going to be held accountable? Now, if I say some wild shit on this mic, Spotify will hold me accountable immediately. If I say some wild shit on this mic, Apple Music will hold me accountable immediately. If I defend myself from transphobia on Twitter, which has happened numerous times, I will be held accountable for whatever I say, even though defending myself is not against the community guidelines. But but transphobia and homophobia and racism is, and I have to deal with those things every day. Those things make me feel less and less and less human. And while they're making me feel that way, they're also making someone feel superior enough to end me. And when something these- about that interpretation, right, is that... Right. So the, it's like the racism thing, right? You have to be a Klansman to be racist. So if you're a trans person on the internet or just a queer person on the internet, you know this very well, that mm-hmm. that your bar for transphobia, uh, homophobia, like whatever violence is being pointed at you, the bar that you have is much, 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 much lower than the bar for the community guidelines monitors, like whoever is in charge of community guidelines on these apps, on these websites, they you, you have to like show like hidden, like found footage of Matthew Shepard's murder for them to be like, I guess this is pretty homophobic. Yeah, that's definitely a thing that has to be done. Uh, Because I have, and let's not even bring in TikTok in the equation. TikTok has been caught slipping, allowing like blatant, like like threats of bodily harm versus queer, black people, indigenous people, Mexicans. They just let that stuff slide. But if you even mention that it happened, they will block you. You violated community guidelines for speaking up about it. If you take a video of someone doing this stuff and you provide evidence, they will block you for it. Twitter has done the same thing in the past. Shout out to the quintessential stud muffin, you piece of shit. Um, He said some low, like some low key transphobic shit. And then he provided a picture. He was called out by for by a lot of people. He only answered to one person. Me. I'm black. I'm trans. I'm seen as less than. He was allowed to say what he wanted to. He was allowed to veil his racism and veil his um, transphobia. And Twitter just allowed it to happen because that's how Elon Musk designed his hostile takeover of Twitter as to he's returning freedom of speech back to people. No, you're giving the power of dehumanization to a bunch of already proven transphobes, homophobes, racist, and possible future murderers. 
everybody wants to ask where the hate came from but it is a very it's a very real thing to know that these social media giants and these community standards and these um these media hosts they know that this stuff is happening they know that like we're being dehumanized and they know that what it could lead to but then when it happens they sensationalize it because now everybody's up in arms about the identity of the shooter like we we've never seen a shooter take this stance before I want to let everybody know something before I say the rest of this. I know non-binary people. I know queer people. I know trans people. There's a non-binary person in the room. Right. There doesn't have like I'm not the uh, I'm not the authority on what is queer, on what is non-binary, on what is trans. Now the shooter is claiming to be, and then I, I want everybody to be reminded of how his his lawyer said it. He now. And he said it like this. I'm saying it verbatim. He now identifies as non-binary. Now, not on the 19th. Now. And I want to remind everybody that even if he chooses, if they choose to identify as non-binary now, that does not erase hate. There are racist gay people. There are transphobic trans people. <laughs> there are uh, uh, transphobic lesbians. And it, like, yeah, again, this is like we're. All, I think everyone privy to this conversation is at least somewhat familiar with internalized whatever phobia. Right. Now, like you said, that there's homophobic queer people or homophobic gay people specifically, and you see it all the time. We're talking about this over on the screw with like the mask for mask guys yeah. on grinder that's gay people being homophobic there right. are uh shout out to blair white what happened where'd she go uh shout out to her the classic transphobic trans woman right shout out to caitlin jenner for being the oblivious transphobic trans woman of the ob like oblivious like racist trans woman like like we you can't use that as a defense this is not a hate crime because i'm part of the community now you mean the community you were attacked because they're in this community that's still a hate crime you still committed a hate crime you still walked into a space and you hunted down a specific kind of people that's a hate crime it's like a, it's like a black a black like you know what i'm saying like a black man suddenly becoming a serial killer but only killing black women is a hate crime that was there used to be a job right so yeah one even if this person is non-binary it's still like plain as day what happened right number two no he's fucking not right like you know I'm sorry, like me, me and my capacity as B from, a, a, I got a persistent material universe. I can count. Like, I understand what's happening. Right. But there are, it's a, it's a dog whistle. Like this person is like, our defense is to own the lives. Right. Because that's worked. It worked for Kyle Rittenhouse. Right. It's like racism won that day because like, they were like, oh, no, he was defending, like, he, he looks, but we, we, all right, he broke laws before he even killed a person. He broke laws before he even killed a person. We, we show how, like, we devalue certain kinds of people by the way we punish uh, their abusers or murderers 
uh, Brianna Taylor's killers weren't charged for killing her. They were charged for property damage. You know what I mean? Like Kyle Rittenhouse killed two people and like, oh, they weren't, they weren't black. So really can't beat up in arms about that. No, he went to a place where he thought he was going to kill black people and two white people confronted him and he killed them. Like, uh, this 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 shooter this shooter is now claiming to be non-binary but you killed trans and 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 gay people and like you went specifically to that spot space to do it um not to mention this weird father interview jesus christ jesus christ first off if that's not a blow to the defense completely that child taught hate I say child because he's because they're 22 and I'm 42. And that's a fucking child to me at this point. Like, especially if you could be so easily coerced into believing a group of human beings aren't human. I do want to actually I do want to stick on this, though, because this is a really important note that um, Raymond Green Vance, one of the victims, was celebrating his 22nd birthday that night at Club Q. And it's really important to me to be specific is that this is I'm trying to make it fit in this framework that I'm familiar with it's the same thing as you know like children being too young to learn about racism right there is no black child who has ever been born in North America who was too young to have someone be racist to them right so there's no age that's too young to teach kids about racism. You know, this there's a 22-year-old kid who's dead and there's a 22-year-old kid who killed him. Right. But those were both adults who have adequate capacity, yeah, I guess pending. Um, right. But we should we should expect 22-year-olds to be moral agents. Right. And I am going in on this is at, at some, I'm going to push back a little bit on something that you've been characterizing it as like, there's like a mental weakness that people have before they fall to succumb to this situation. Right. But it's just their vibe. Like I want to be some, this is something that people talk about a couple ways and it's like right. less firm than it used to be. But Hannah Arendt's idea of the banality of evil and um, like Adolf Eichmann at the Nuremberg trial being like, I was just following orders, or I think it was Eichmann. But there, the thing about that is if someone isn't a Nazi, they it is hard for them to follow Nazi orders. Right. And people who are, you know, maybe they are stupid, but that's something else entirely. But people who fall victim to this kind of stochastic terrorism and become convinced that it is their responsibility to murder people um, Mm -hmm. on behalf of, like, whatever kind of fascist ideas they're operating under... That is still like a fully responsible person who made like every single choice that led up to that. Right, right. I, like you know what I do. I I, I will retract that statement. I, I I do believe what you're saying is correct. 
I, and I don't want to frame it. I don't want to frame it that way from here on out. Like the way, the way I see it, when I said, when I said weak minded, this is not a justification is mm-hmm. that there's no conviction really there. You just hate enough. You just hate enough to where you believe anything where like the, the hate is so strong in you. It's been in, enveloped around you and, 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 and placed in you so much that eventually you just will give in to anything. And I don't want to, I don't want to make that seem like it's just like involuntary because there's a lot of decision-making that has to happen while that's going on. I was indoctrinated as a child to hate gay people. Mm-hmm. I was indoctrinated as a child to despise like, like literal, like, like white men. And I mean, like, just for like, just for shits and giggles, not like either one, because gay people were wrong and all this other stuff. And the indoctrination that this dude probably went through, could like looking at his father and my father, mm-hmm. they're pretty much the same person. Um, there was choices. I made conscious choices to not be that, to, to understanding that I was a queer person and that like no amount of self-hatred was going to change that. I had to like start seeing the world for what it really was, that there's a people being persecuted just for their difference, that mm-hmm. they're being seen as perverse because the people perceiving them are perverse. That everything needs to be uniform and everyone needs to think is the same. And as much as people want to break down the conversation to like trans and queer people needing you to think um, that we're all the same. No, we don't want you to think that we're all the same. We're not. Um, what we want you to do is value us as human beings, because in that perspective, that's exactly what we're all, we are. We all are human beings. And when this person decided to walk into that club six minutes before Trans Day of Remembrance, that was a very purposeful thing. Mm-hmm. That was a decision that was made. When they decided that they were going to let off rounds in there, it was a decision that they made. And no amount of um, indoctrination beforehand is going to for, uh, make people forget what they did. A lot of people will say, oh, well, they never had a chance growing up in that household. A Mormon father who believes that queer people are immoral while also being like a weird fetishy like porn star which we are also not demonizing but like just being contradictory of his com- convictions yeah That's like, my- we know what their values are like again be, living in colorado i have interacted with hundreds maybe thousands of mormons yeah these are people who will like leave their adult child at brunch for ordering a mimosa it is like the things that are repugnant to Mormons are not things that make sense. There's a group of Mormon people um, walking around here that believe that like my skin color is the mark of sin. Yeah, that's literally that's in the that's in the books, dude. <laughs> they teach that and they taught it until like it's actually hard. to. I don't want to get into Mormons. <laughs> Right. There's much to be said, but this is someone whose values are extremely well publicized. But the only one that he was worried about was that maybe his son is gay. Right. He was unfazed by death about hearing that his son, child, killed someone. Unfazed by it. I'm just worried about, well, is he gay? Whole time, jaw rocking from meth mouth. 
just rock rocking for meth mouth and they, they interviewed him two separate times he was interviewed in a parking lot and then he was interviewed behind his home and both times all he was worried about was and uh, and i quote we don't do gay you don't think that that place to target on gay people's backs you don't think that having that mentality around your kids like implanted this like thought process in their head that they are allowed to dehumanize these people expected to it's virtuous yes it's it's like it's it's virtuous to do so that it's like uh, like a badge of honor to harm someone else and that's the that's the mindset of the right wing is that if we dehumanize them enough when we give them enough catchword catchphrase buzzword nicknames that eventually like our our followers will do the work that we can't do legislatively like this whole four or five years in the like last five years, trans, queer people, black people have been attacked legislatively. They want to take away our right to vote. They want to take our bodily autonomy away. They want to take away um, the ability to even be uh, our existence even spoken of. Like there are states, again, it's impossible to remember right now which state it is. I think it might be Utah, but, you know, there are states where... There are people who are building their careers. Like these are people who might someday run for president. Tom Bout. The most important thing in life is high high school girls sports. Right. And one time we had one trans kid, and we have yeah. to make a law preventing that child from playing their sport today. Right. Right. It is so hateful and like blatantly targeted and so specific that it's shocking that they think they're like getting away with anything in secret. Right. It's, it's my thing is, is that you can't like heat the climate up with dehumanization and then like act like faint, like surprise or outrage when your, your handiwork happens. Like you just cause and effect. You opened your mouth and you dehumanized large groups of people four years and then these murders are consistently happening over and over and over and over and my question is y'all tried to ban trans people you tried to ban queer people you tried to ban trans people in the military you tried to ban trans athletes you tried to ban marriage you tried to roll back interracial marriages when y'all gonna ban white men i mean how many more murders do we need? How many, to, like, cause you, you took the rifle ban away in 2004 and then there was this huge jump in mass murders. Mind you, this huge jump is literally 97% white men. 97% white men just rolling around here killing people at random. When's there gonna be a ban on that? When are we gonna have talks about that? Because when you turn people into politics that dehumanizes them. I'm tired of people thinking that like trans issues is a thing it's not an issue that i'm a trans person not for me mm. it's an issue for politicians it's 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 a it's an issue for these fake like christian parents yeah i said fake christian the preoccupation with how we live dictates how we die and it's not even up to us right this is something that i talk about all the time like, I am someone who, like, firmly believes that, like, the personal is political. Right. Like, I think that we don't have to turn people into politics because, like, politics emanates from a person. And anybody who makes it a habit to divorce 
all of their actions from like the political reality of their person is like a someone who's dangerous because yeah. that person then isn't like operating and I keep like I it's annoying that I'm harping on it like this but it's annoying that they're like this they're we share reality and stuff all the same stuff is happening to everybody so we should be able to agree on what the fuck is happening right but we can't because people on the quote unquote other side are right. just not even they brought they brought their Yu-Gi-Oh deck to the checkers game. Like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> right. Right. Great analogy. Like you brought a Yu-Gi-Oh deck to the fucking checkers game. I think with what's been happening, um I've withdrawn a little bit. I, as most people have. But what I wanted to stress before we even get to the end of this episode is that that safe space still exists. That safe space still exists. And those people did not die in vain. That that community space um, is is already working to rebuild itself back up and to reforge those bonds, to to keep that community going, to make sure that they're there for everyone else. And we should do our part in doing the same by making sure that we say their names, by making sure that we call out the bullshit, by making sure that we don't stop fighting. Like, I mean, we do get to take a break. We do need to mourn because this happens way too frequently in our community. And as a black trans person, it happens uh, literally every day. <laughs> like every day, someone that uh, looks like me, uh, loves like me, exists like me is dead because someone else was literally talked themselves into like the dehumanization of us. There's too much education out there about what we are. There's too much education about what's really going on. And consistently feeding yourself propaganda is to like amp yourself up to do what you're doing. And I'm gonna I wanna say this with a resounding voice. You're a fucking coward. Coward. You're a fucking coward. The politicians who hyped you up are fucking cowards. The media host that hyped you up, Tucker Carlson, I'm talking to you, bitch ass nigga. Fucking coward. Run my fade. Spin that um, nigga bow tie. Right, like I, I, my guy, I will fold you, uh, Lauren Bober. I normally don't call out bitches, but since we both got titties, square up, please don't bring your gun. Be, be. Uh, I, I hope your your hands is as good as your mouth. Um, before I lose my temper and shit like that, I'm gonna use this time to do what I normally do, but this time, um. I'm dedicating this, this this hit. I'm I'm in the cipher with my family that's gone. I'm smoking one for them, straight up. I'm gonna hit this real quick. Uh, we're gonna take a little bit of a break. Uh, we're gonna come back and close the show out. Uh, so if you hear click click, you hear bubbling smoke. Be a fucking adult. I mean, this is how I cope in a world that's constantly hunting us. Once again, today's strain is uh, Snoop D O double G O G, also known as Uncle Snoop. We'll be right back. Huh. With that being said, I guess I'm asking. Is every day trans day of vengeance now from here on out? Yes. From here on out, like it's trans day of vengeance. And when I say vengeance, I don't mean violence. 
I'm not inciting violence, even though others are. What I'm saying is live out loud. Stand up for your like for, for the rights that like are given to you by by gods and the constitution. Stand up for like your ability to communicate with others. Stand up for your ability uh, to, to, to cohabitate. Stand up uh, for your ability to meet in, in large mass. Because for some reason, like voting hasn't worked enough for us. We're trying to work within their confines and they keep moving the goalposts. And now that goalpost includes murder. Mass murder. It's a sad day we live in, but it's no different from the 1980s in my mind. Mm. They were doing the same thing in the 80s. It just wasn't televised. It wasn't put on the news. There was no thoughts and prayers sent up. There are thousands of bodies on an island in New York long forgotten by the first attack against us that was political launched by Ronald Reagan. Like not believing that we were actual people to be saved from an epidemic. So he just let us die. Um, Matthew Shepard being murdered in a field. Uh, and they don't even believe that anymore. No, they don't even believe that happened. And it, it, that actually happened. Um, what was the name of the uh member boys don't cry right yes um hillary swank's name is brandon tina was his name brandon tina was treated as this like perverse sensationalized thing and like he was killed along with a, a cis woman and a black man by a bunch of white men who believed that they weren't human do you hear that? A cis woman, a black cis man, and a trans man murdered by white men, a group of them, because they didn't believe they were human. It, the same thing is happening right now. The same thing is happening right now. And I think that, like, from here on out, like, I don't celebrate Trans Day of Remembrance. I can't. It was already usurped by white people as a day for them to act like they gave a shit. And now it just marks a target, a target point for hate mongers to attack us because they know those are the days that we meet each other. Mm. And again, this is a situation where Club Q was going to host uh, like a charity brunch that the following morning afternoon. Uh, and it was a drag brunch, of course, because that's like cool to do. But it is a place that certain certain types of people have been instructed specifically to destroy. Yeah, we've seen it on the news in the last like three years, like groups of white men showing up armed to like drag brunches, drag theaters, um, showing up to hospitals, sending in death threats to doctors. The a ch fucking children's hospital. They they threatened a children's hospital with violence because they don't want us to exist anymore. And because legislation is not moving fast enough for them. Some of them are willing to talk themselves into murdering us. It's a sad state of affairs and everyone's broken because of it. And you got, you have to ask yourself every once in a while, like, Hey, like how long before the next one, how long before the next mass shooting in America, take away the ideology of who's being attacked. Just think about the frequency in which mass shootings happen in this place. And then realize that mass shooting means more than one. 
Specifically, it means four or more. Right. Is the way that it's that. recorded. They'll change the rules when it's a black mass shooter, though. <laughs> but, like, they, li- they literally call, like, a guy who went to a place, got in a fight, and, like, the two like two people got shot. It was, like, mass shooter. <laughs> like, uh, here in Rochester, they call that person a mass shooter. <laughs> um, uh, but a white person can get away with shooting 20, 40, 50 people, 17 people in a Walmart. Um, well, they just had a bad day, so... Yeah, like they're allowed to have bad days. They're allowed to dehumanize us. They're allowed to self-identify afterwards, even though they don't have pronouns before. You didn't have pronouns before. We don't do gay. Before you walked in there and started killing people, and all of a sudden you found your pronouns. Let me see a literacy test. Let me see if this person knows what pronouns are. Right, and I, we don't, like, and here at NQO, and specifically me, me and B, we don't, we don't gatekeep trans identity because we've known people who have done it to us but i'm telling you that this person and that's why i'm having such a hard time because i haven't heard them say it i've never heard someone come out through a lawyer before other than what's his name kevin spacey you piece of shit i've never heard anyone come out through a lawyer but until i hear them say it i'm just taking it for like that like at, at eyes value you didn't identify as that when you were buying your guns. You didn't identify as that a year prior when you were trying to blow up your mom's house. You didn't identify as that on the drive over. You didn't identify as that when you were loading your guns. You didn't identify that way when you were crossing the parking lot. You didn't identify that way when you walked through the door. You didn't identify that way when you opened fire. And now that there's repercussions coming down the pipe that can be worsened by the t- by the title hate crime now all of a sudden you you identify and again we don't gatekeep like we're open to this situation becoming something different but until i am presented with like truth we have to figure it out and the math is easy to do at this stage so i don't believe that motherfucker i don't believe them at all and i would never i would never deny a person's identity but i don't believe that shit at all you you all of a sudden non-binary because you don't want hate crimes. But guess what? Like you still like is there the death penalty in Colorado? Uh in twenty twenty, we were all kind of busy in March, but uh we don't have the death penalty anymore, which is huge. I think we should put him in a space where he would have to be around queer inmates, real queer inmates for the rest of his life. For the rest of his life. The ripples of what they've done echo backwards and forward. Like they, they echo backwards and forwards. Like there's no escaping what you've done. You can identify however the fuck you want to now, air quotes, because that's exactly what your lawyer said. They now <laughs> identify as, do you like, th- that's a dog whistle. Undoubtedly. That's a, that's a gotcha. Gotcha. See, we told you that these people were crazy. We told you that they were unhinged. We told you that they commit violence. That's the part that makes me upset about this the most. The nerve of you to turn someone's identity into something so trivial as to save your own fucking life after taking lives. You got anything you want to say to close up? I do. I'm formulating 
So when Audrey Lord wrote that you can't dismantle the master's house with the master's tools, right. people frequently misunderstand this line, I think. Because what I think that she was saying was that capital in specific, but then all the things that are bundled up in the way that we do capitalism. Right. These are means that are intentionally inaccessible. So even if you are somebody like a Tyler Perry or an Oprah, it is impossible for you to dismantle anti-blackness with, with your many billions. Right. Because like your billions are contingent on continued anti-blackness. And we have like a really long history in the West specifically of this kind of like homophobia and transphobia being lethal because it is so important for the function of what used to be a really narrow style of human being. Um, it is so necessary for the continuation of their way of life that we are straight and monogamous and shut the fuck up all the time. Right. There's nothing that exists outside of us. As, I want to go as far back as, you know, people don't know this because it would be bad to, for everyone to know this. Joan of Arc was killed because she wouldn't stop dressing mask. That was the thing where they were like, oh, this bitch is the devil. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't that she like was a, a like a teenage girl who like went to war and like did like really fucked up serious adult stuff. Like it wasn't war related. It was like, well, just be a, a girl from now on. And she couldn't. She couldn't stop dressing like a man. And, you know, I'm using she, her right now. But that was a fucking boy, right? Right. So when we're talking about we can't use the master's tools to dismantle the master's house for queer people, that means, or rather it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be attempting to like use relatively mainstream political channels to affect some of this change. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't be seeking like higher education necessarily to enter these spaces and like do this kind of like rigorous academic style work. What it does mean is that you can never ever be respectable enough. You can never be proper enough. You can never follow enough of the rules to be disqualified from murder if someone who is aligned with power structures gets it in their head to murder you. Right. And it's important to note these things because, you know, like with how pervasive all this stuff seems, all these like gender norms and sexual norms and this kind of like personal level oppression like especially like particularly domestic intimate styles of oppression. Right. It's important for us to remember that we know, right? You grew up in an environment 
with a father who you said is just like this killer's father. Yeah. The exact same person. But you didn't, you weren't like that because that's not who you are. No. You know, we all grew up in situations that are less than ideal. And if you didn't, weird. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So it is important to not just like love and understand yourself, but to understand yourself by understanding people around you. And by people around you, I mean everyone who has ever lived since the beginning of time. Because the master's house is old to us, but it is by no means ancient. Right. It's t- and it's tough. Because, like, cis heteronormativity is brand fucking new. There has always been people who aren't what we would consider to be cis. And there have always been people who aren't what we would consider to be straight. Even people who were, like, worshipped by the right are people like, you know, like Marcus Aurelius. And, you know, like, all these Greek and Roman historical luminaries who were just tops. Just tops. Just and that's what makes tops. them men, is that they were right. tops. You know, Alexander the Great, 100% gay. It's in the, like, we just know from history. But right. what that means to people, if you, if you said that to someone who wasn't on our team, they would think that would meant that he never <laughs> fucked women. But gay yeah. people fuck women all the time. All the time. <laughs> like all the time. So uh, I, I'm what I'm what I'm getting around to when I'm saying all this stuff is that even though it is overwhelming and it feels hopeless most of the time, it is really important to understand that if you feel that way, it might only be because uh, the framework that you're thinking in is built to exclude you, the person thinking. Right. And if you are willing to engage with the world as it is and not how it has been presented to you by other people. I think that is what we need to grow and nurture each other. Uh, I thank you for those comments and um, what I'm going to, how I'm going to, what I'm going to, what I have to say is they see the power in us. That's what everyone's afraid of. They're not afraid of how we love. They're not afraid of how we fuck. They're afraid of how we endure. They're afraid of how how we come together at just the right time. Uh, I'm saying that this time when we come together, come together for good. Not to be set asunder by like trivial things that we borrowed from them. And the things that we borrowed from them was racism, misogyny, internal homophobia, internal transphobia. We don't need those things anymore. When we build these spaces, these safe spaces, fortify them with a love that makes them fearless. They're not afraid of like, they're not afraid of us physically. They're afraid of us because we threaten their ideals. We threaten their ideologies. We threaten their way of living because we choose otherwise. And when I say choose, I mean like we choose to love ourselves. We choose to accept others. 
we choose to grow beyond confines built by people who vote from thousands of miles away. There is no social norm. We've existed for thousands of years and they've been trying to eradicate us the entire time. This hurts and it's scary and it makes you afraid. But it's in our lineage to survive. It's in the, the bonds of the, the, the family trees that we had to cultivate sometimes on our own. Mourn the loss of those who have fallen, those who have been taken away from the light, but know that that light is never extinguished. My name is Kemrayin Eline Maharet Jarrell, AKA Trenos. And on this day, I'm the voice of a thousand hurricanes. This has been Trenos and the lived experience. Uh, thank you very much, B, for being on. You want to say bye to the people? Uh, thank you so much for having me on. And uh, as a parting shot, I do want to say that they might not be afraid of how we fuck, but if they saw, they'd be embarrassed. Ha! And this has been Trenos and the lived experience to show that siege tragedy and still screams suck my dick from the back. Bye. <laughs>